Welcome to the Perfect Gentleman Podcast. This is episode 46. I am Zach Falconer-Barfield. And alongside me is the man who puts the charm into charming and the deb into debonair, Mr. James Marwood. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. You should audition for the next Sherlock Holmes, be the dapperest Sherlock Holmes in existence. I think I'd make a better Watson. Either one I'd be very happy to do. Maybe we should work on that. Yes. <laughs> the dapper Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. <laughs> we could do that. So what's on the agenda for today then, Zach? Well, it's reviews episode today, James. It's reviews episode. So um, I'm going to review Zoo Nation Dance Troupe and their latest production, The Mad Hatter's Tea Party, which has just finished, sadly. It's a fantastic performance and hopefully it'll come out back again. I'm going to talk about the various different brands of socks and underpants, which I have been trialling for the last few weeks. Excellent. And what are you reviewing this week? Well, I'm going to talk about uh, the film Kubo and the Two Strings. Excellent. Following on from the Sherlock theme from last week slightly is the book Hell Bay, which is by an American author who writes detective fiction that's contemporary to Sherlock Holmes. I'm intrigued already. So let us crack on. I saw a show called The Mad Hatter's Tea Party. It was in London at the Roundhouse venue in central London uh, by a dance group called Zoo Nation. The Mad Hatter's Tea Party was funded by the Royal Opera House so it had some very interesting kudos. And the Mad Hatter's Tea Party was a hip-hop dance take on Alice in Wonderland. Oh, fantastic. It was set in a, an asylum, and all the characters were patients of the asylum who thought themselves the characters in Alice in Wonderland due to their mental health issues. And then the second half was them going into Wonderland itself. What was really interesting, A, it was a fantastic show. It was amazing. Costumes, scenery, setting, beautiful. Really fantastic. Dancing was amazing. But the base core dancing was hip-hop. It did incorporate huge amounts of other different styles of dance. The other thing which was really fascinating was it dealt with mental health issues and in a very positive and yet funny way. I was quite impressed by it, actually. I mean, I, I've seen them a couple of times before. To be frank, there's a friend of mine who is part of the Zoo Nation troupe, so I, I support her through it. It's a really interesting group of young dancers and actors and singers, but this was a really clever a portrayal of mental health, Alice in Wonderland, and the way it works. They've done a number of different performances, and they, they do sort of one big thing a year. Hopefully, maybe Madhouse Tea Party will come back later this year, or you never can tell. Do get a chance to catch them, I would highly and wholeheartedly suggest going to see them. That does sound really good, and I love hip-hop dance. Seeing that, I think... I doubt that I'll be able to see it up here, but I wonder if I can find them online. Yeah, do have a look. I mean, they, they've done a number of shows. Into the Hoods, which of course was Into the Woods. They did Some Like It Hip-Hop, which are the two that I've seen previously, and then this Mad Hatter's Tea Party. In the next two years, they've already planned the next two big shows in 2018 and 2019. Look out for them if you're coming to London, do have a look, and why not try and uh, force them to come to wherever you are in the world? That would be good. Check them out online. It's uh, zoonation.co.uk is their website. They're a fabulous group of hip-hop dancers. That sounds really good. I'm definitely going to look that up. You've got a movie to review. Yes, indeed. A children's movie, actually. But it was fantastic. It was probably probably the best film I saw last year. I watched it over Christmas with my other half. It's a stop-motion animation. It's just got such a beautiful story and beautiful production that I loved it. It's by Laker. They did things like Coraline and the Box Trolls, two films that I really love. But Kubo and the Two Strings just takes it to another level. One of the things that I really enjoyed it was the animation style the story set in medieval japan 
It's a fantasy story, and it's about a little boy who uses a shamisen, a sort of stringed guitar-like instrument, traditional Japanese instrument, and origami to tell stories. And he tells stories about a famous samurai warrior that leads into this whole adventure and journey that he goes on. It follows the hero's journey, and it's fairly standard. The voice acting is fantastic. Art Parkinson is the guy who voices Kubo. He was the guy who played Rickon Stark on Game of Thrones and also Charlize Theron and Ray Fiennes. Good cast. Matthew McConaughey, who's hilarious in this, who plays this amnesiac beetle samurai. <laughs> and they just have great kind of adventures and, and daring do, but it has a lovely message. The Duchess wanted to see it, and I think this is going to be a, a kid's film that'll be quite fun, but whatever. I'll maybe potter on, on the computer while I'm watching it. And actually, I was engrossed right from the very opening. I had cheers and tears in my eyes and laughs it was fantastic if you get a chance to see it it's available to download and to stream i mean i think it's out on dvd as well if you have children or not just watch it it's beautiful kubo and the two strings kubo and the two strings yes on my list as we speak excellent so now are you going to tell us about your underwear zach (laughs) yes james i am going to tell you about my underwear (laughs) you know we're a little way after christmas now but one of those great christmas gifts is socks and underwear yes and I did get some socks and some underwear for Christmas. But also before Christmas, I went to the Gentleman's Grooming Show and I was very lucky to meet some lovely people there who gifted me some socks to try. And I also went online and purchased a couple of different sets of underwear from different companies to trial as well. So here's my five-minute summation about my socks and underwear journey. As you well know, James, I love coloured socks. I'm a fan of the bold sock. The statement sock. The statement sock. I do trawl different uh, stores to find the correct colours. And as you well know, or or some of our listeners might be aware, I tend to match. So everything becomes totally correct. The socks, the tie, the shirt, the pocket square. There's There's a tonal element to generally what I wear. So it was quite a surprise when I met the lovely chaps at Quiet Rebellion Socks before Christmas. They have black socks. Well, black socks with a twist. So they do have colours, but the colours are on the foot of the sock, not the ankle of the sock. They have some really interesting socks, some very nice patterns on the foot of the sock, not on the ankle of the sock. So it's a little different for me. Not so bold on the ankle, which I like to display, but uh, bold on the foot. But they are lovely socks. Quiet Rebellion socks are very well constructed, really nice cotton, beautifully made socks, actually, and very comfortable. And even for me, who likes a statement socks, I will be sliding into my Quiet Rebellion socks on a occasion again. I like the idea of having socks that are sort of fun below the ankle but more sensible above. Yes, and they come in a very nice little paper wax-sealed package as well. Oh, lovely. So I bought two others, Happy Socks and Genus Socks, G-E-N-U-S Socks. Happy Socks I purchased, I wasn't gifted, they were very lovely, I liked them. I got a purple and orange pair, as you well know, two of my favourite mm-hmm. colours. So they're very lovely, very comfortable. The construction of them was not quite up to the scratch of Quiet Rebellion. I found the Quiet Rebellion socks were really well made. Happy Socks were a little bit less well constructed but again a lovely bold comfortable pair of socks and then genus socks which i think you can via various different stockists uh, not available online at the moment lovely range of socks lighter thinner slightly thinner socks then quite rebellion and happy socks so good for a spring summer sock ribbed which are quite nice i, I like ribbed socks but really what i loved about the genus socks were the bold colors they pretty much had the rainbow palette of sock colors 
which made me exceptionally happy. I had a whole rainbow plethora of socks, which I could match with pretty much any outfit. But again, a lovely quality pair of socks, ribbed, colourful, bold, and worked well with my outfits and worked well on the pounding of the streets. Good socks are important. Good socks are very important. And then underwear. So pants, James. That's what I'm going to talk about now, just pants. Okay. I'm a fan of the Boxer Brief, I think is the correct terminology for them. So the three brands which I'm going to talk about, Happy Socks being one, Me Undies is the other, and then the commercial Polo Ralph Lauren pants. Happy Socks I purchased along with my pair of socks, as I did Me Undies and the Polo Ralph Lauren pants I was gifted for Christmas. Let's start in order of joy the most joyous pants were the happy socks i love the happy socks pants i got them in a nice bold pink and yellow uh, pink base with the yellow flamingos which is perfect for me bold pants always like bold socks very comfortable really well constructed really solid i was hugely impressed with them really soft and comfortable cotton they washed well and have been worn very well it's always very telling how they wash i think that's one of the interesting things you will wash them a lot so you want them to be quite rugged. So Happy Socks pants, very good. Then MeUndies are an American brand that do ship internationally. Again, they have lots of bright colours, lots of different patterns. I got the box of briefs. I like them. I wore them. They're very comfortable. They're very light. Good for wearing under tighter trousers or something where you need the lines not to be seen. Very comfortable But my disappointment with them was when I washed them, they bobbled. Oh, that's a shame. Yes. I was a little upset about that. They're still very comfortable. They're still nice pants. I followed the washing instructions as one does, but they bobbled. That's my only downside to them. They were nice, comfortable pants. I'm just a little concerned about the bobbling on washing. And the least joy, but still very nice, were the Polar Ralph Lorenz. Very common pant brand, especially when young men wish to display their pants. I don't do that. Bold colours, quite comfortable, though I have to say a little bit for a brand of that quality a little bit more poorly constructed than i was hoping there are obviously multiple layers of branding within the whole ralph lauren empire and polos towards the bottom end i have a few pairs of both boxes and socks and you know for the money i paid for them the quality wasn't really there it didn't offer me any more than i would get from marks and spencer say and not as good quality uh, if marks and spencer did more bright colors i'd be very happy with them on the underwear front On the subject of underwear, on a business trip recently, I ended up having to stay an extra couple of days that I wasn't planning. And so I hurriedly rushed out and bought from TK Maxx a little two-pack of boxer shorts from a brand called Rebellion, which I'd never seen before. They were top of the pile when I dashed in and dashed out. But they've been great. There were two pairs, I think one in black and then one black with grey skull prints all over them. But they're great. They're really, really comfortable. They've lasted well. They've worn well. I just throw them in with all the rest of the cottons and they come out perfectly. I would look for those again. I did do a little experiment a while ago trying high-end underwear like Zimmerly and Sunspell, which are great. Sunspell, I always struggle a little bit because they just are the only ones I've ever seen have been sort of traditional boxers, which aren't really my my favourite, although the Duchess finds them hilarious, my old man boxer shorts that she calls them. And the Zimmerly ones are great, but they are very expensive and they're not worth the money to me. But the other brand that I've got on my list to try is Hamilton and Hare. Okay. An updated version of the traditional boxer short British luxury company. So I'm going to give them a try when I see them. I, I still keep hoping to find you know, the, the perfect pant. Let's move on from my undergarments and move on to a book. Yes, indeed. The book's called Hell Bay. It's the eighth in a series by Will Thomas, who's an American 
librarian by trade. I know Will through the Bartitsu Society. Will was really responsible for the formation of the society and, and a lot of the rebirth of Bartitsu. He's a martial artist himself and a librarian and an author. This is the eighth in a series involving Barker and Llewellyn, who are a, a Victorian-era detective duo, somewhat in the vein of Sherlock Holmes and Dr Watson, although a little bit different and a bit unusual. Llewellyn is a Welshman, a failed student who was, at the beginning of the series, very, very down on his luck and takes as a last-ditch attempt to get a job a position with Mr Barker, who is this mysterious martial artist detective who had previously been a ship's captain and a soldier in China. They're great characters. The books have kind of improved all the way along. The first one, Some Danger Involved, was great. Fatal Enquiry, which was the sixth book in the series, was fantastic. Hellbay is the latest one, and it's kind of a, a retake on the locked house murder mystery. So you've got a fascinating cast of characters from French ambassadors to nobility to surly servants, all in this deserted and desolate house on an island off the south coast of England. They're under attack by a vicious murderer and they don't know who it is. It's a good book. It's not without flaws. Some of the writing, as is, is usual with Will's stuff, shows the fact that he's writing about the UK from an American perspective. But he knows the material really well. His characters are fantastic. I love the way he writes Llewellyn, especially, who's the narrator. It's his eyes that we see the other characters through. I think that he does that brilliantly. It dragged a little bit in places, I think because it was a much bleaker and more desolate book to kind of match the the environment it's in. Once I got into it, I couldn't put it down. I finished it in two sittings. It's a lot of fun. If you like detective fiction, if you like Victorian, if you like unusual characters, if you like martial arts, the whole series is fantastic for it. But Hell Bay is a real gem. So I'm really pleased that I picked it up. It's very hard-boiled and Victorian. Hard-boiled Victorian detective fiction. Oh, I like this already. Absolutely. What I do like about it especially is the uh, the characters. They're such fun characters. That sounds a fantastic book. I shall look forward to it. There's a steampunk book. Was it Swinburne or something like that? Burton and Swinburne. I read the first one and then listened to the rest of the series as audiobooks. OK. They are incredibly wide-ranging. It goes off on all sorts of strange tangents. You've got... Time travel, alternative histories, crazy science fiction warfare in that sort of Wars of the World type. You've got mysticism and drugs, underground races of, of reptilians and all sorts of things. They're great. They're quite lengthy. And if you don't get into them, you'll probably struggle to make it all the way through. The first one, which is Curious Case of the Clockwork Man, which is about uh, spring Jack, I loved and that kind of carried me through everything else. The audiobooks are very, very well done. They're unusually well read. Wonderful. So there we go. So a couple of books, a movie, a dance troupe, and your underwear. What a diverse, <laughs> diverse podcast we've had today. James. We have indeed gone all over the place. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, on Podcast Land, if you want to suggest anything that you want us to review or you have any comments about the stuff that we've talked about, please drop us a line at enquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv or alternatively catch us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as The Perfect Gentleman or you can catch James Marwood at Marwood Chat. That's correct, on Twitter. And you can catch 
catch me at Zach underscore Barfield on Twitter and Zach FB on Instagram. Please feel free to contact us. We're always happy to hear from you out there in podcast land. Excellent. James, as always, a pleasure to speak to you, sir. And you, my friend. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Indeed. Looking forward to it. This podcast is brought to you by the Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nichol at the Pistachio Palace.